world champions new zealand how does that sound hello and welcome to espn cricket for stump mike i'm karthik ayer speaking to you after the final day of the world test championship final between india and new zealand and with me today and we're talking right after Ross Taylor hit the winning runs are Varun Shetty and Gaurav Sundararaman Varun we'll start with you uh, how does it feel man it felt good you know it's uh, i i suppose right from 2015 pretty much the entire cricket world has wished new zealand you know win something uh, we weren't granted that in 2019 and it just hasn't stopped that feeling basically and it was it was really good really emotional i guess for them uh it it was emotional watching it as well particularly ross taylor hitting the winning runs who's been around uh from for cricket a lot before new zealand had any sort of real strength and and he did it with the flick of the pads it wasn't a swat but yeah somewhere close to that at least yeah very very uh, very 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 ross taylor kind of finish uh and to have kane williamson at the other end was also fitting uh it, it was just poetic i guess the fact that it was these two their top two run scorers in tests just taking them through to uh what is their first major trophy first icc trophy yeah so it was it was fun to watch and it was uh i suppose unanimously everywhere in the world uh, except for the hardest of indian fans uh, would have felt good for them yeah it may sound strange gorav but one of the fears that uh, some of us had on a group in our, one of our office groups was that new zealand may not celebrate heavily uh, but then when when that when the scenes from the dressing room came in it was such a joyous moment and you can see that ajas patel sticks his head out to see that the ball is going to the boundary and it reaches for four and then they just explode yeah they must have visualized uh, these moments quite a lot uh, considering they made the finals in 2015 and 2019 and 2019 i won't be surprised if they kind of celebrated at some point in time maybe in the last few overs so uh, well deserved new zealand deserved it uh, yeah when it's a one off uh, shootout anything can happen uh, this is what happens in uh, uh, world cup formats uh, as you would see and uh, the best team need not win the trophies because i still believe india are the best team in this uh, entire wtc cycle but nothing we we can't take anything away from new zealand they have been outstanding they've had the better of conditions they had some practice and they made sure they used all their advantage uh, to the best of their ability and uh, very well deserved especially for kane williamson Uh, who's lost quite a lot of uh, uh, finals now and uh, he would want uh, to win be on the right side at least once yeah, just to jump in there about the celebrations I, a lot of people uh, uh, on twitter pointed out that even the celebration itself was very new zealand i mean uh, <laughs> it wasn't wasn't quite the silence we feared i guess on that group but uh, it was still very new zealand very dignified they didn't you know you, you the normal scene you see is a team's huddled waiting at the uh boundary rope come running in <laughs> you didn't yeah, see that it, sort of it stuff. wasn't someone knocking ben stokes over right <laughs> like yeah <laughs> yeah it, it wasn't quite what you see when you win a, a big game like that so it was very new zealand it was also very new zealand uh, the fact that uh, even to this point when we're recording this one of their last tweets from their official handle is a list of the 22 players who played over the last 2 years the whole cycle so it's just uh, yeah again very stark reminder that this was a very very new zealand sort of moment the end 
Yeah, before before we get into into the match and into day six as as it was today, I just want to have a word about the state of cricket, if international cricket at least that that we're seeing currently. I mean, there has been a lot of talk about about the big three and and their dominance, and there are some very very valid points raised. But here's the deal, right? And I think a lot of us have pointed this out that what is it in the last eight years, the last all the major trophy winners have been different so let's let's start with it the 2013 champions trophy gaurav who won it india on this day on this day okay the 20, 2014 t20 world cup varun this uh this is not my cup ah. of tea man uh-huh. <laughs> 2014 t20 world cup come on <laughs> okay i'll i'll remind you and i'm going to be harsh here yuvraj singh <laughs> oh wait was it I can't remember if it was Australia or someone else. Hmm, Sri Lanka. Oh, yeah. Look, I'm. This is not my cup of tea at all. Uh, okay, then, 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 then this should be fun. 2015 ODI World Cup, Gaurav. Australia. 2016 T20 World Cup, Varun. Nope. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> I have not done my homework. I was not informed. <laughs> <laughs> So 2016 West Indies basically won the men's and the women's edition of, of yes. the T20 World Cup. Yeah. Right. Gaurav I th- I think Gaurav's maybe getting the easier ones. Gaurav 2017 Champions Trophy. Pakistan. And we'll give one to Varun the 2019 ODI World Cup, the one that hurts the most. Ah, England. Wait, was it not New Zealand? No, it was England. <laughs> <laughs> and now 2021 World Test Championship winners New Zealand. So Gaurav that's that's pretty outstanding, right? absolutely uh, it's good for the game and uh, it shows how uh, the format you know if you have a, a successful one day uh, you can still uh, win and that's it it kind of shows that different formats have different uh, teams doing very well and uh, maybe new zealand kind of uh, deserve to win this because they've been they're good on this day this particular especially the day 6 of the test and it's good for world cricket however uh, I asked a few uh, hardcore India fans, and generally how they feel about this loss, whether they they find this uh, bigger than maybe either World Cup 2019 or uh, whether they prefer the GABA victory to this. A lot of people seemed very normal. They didn't really give that much importance yet to this final. Maybe it's because it's the first edition, or maybe because the format still needs some tinkering. Uh, uh, a lot of fans were like, "Yeah, we're okay. Uh, we lost to New Zealand. That's fine, though. It's not a big deal. We beat Australia, and Australia, we are the better team." So, even Kane, I think Kikinfo put out a video that Kane said he would prefer to win the World Cup, ODI World Cup, over the World Test Championship. So. I think it'll take some time for all of us to, for the whole thing to sink in. It's the first edition as well, and um, hopefully, as uh, the the various editions uh, keep coming every two years, uh, maybe the legacy of this tournament and this win by New Zealand will have a, a much much bigger value than what it is right now. Uh, but again, taking nothing away from New Zealand, they are deserving winners. Yeah, yeah. This may this may go down. This will go down as extremely memorable, and I. If I'm not mistaken, this is effectively their open court world champ, their first open court world championship close court. Varun, quick question: yes. What do you prefer, four day test, five day test, or six day test? <laughs> I actually made a, I, I sort of put out a tweet mocking people. Uh, you know how like throughout the gap, the Australia series and uh, some other close tests over the last year, people have said 
I can't believe someone prefers four-day test. It would never give this sort of uh, action, this sort of enthusiasm. Uh, I think five-day test for now, very fine. Uh, but again, this this result showed one of the other things uh, or why we even discuss four-day cricket is because it is possible to get a result in that many days. Uh, this match was essentially three and a half days. Uh, so, I mean, like we can we can see the sort of case for why four-day could be just as viable as five-day. But then you switch over and you had the women's test that India just played that was just four days. Uh, would have been a much better game, even probably more thrilling if it went into a fifth day. So, uh, I don't think too many, uh, I suppose, innovations are required at this point. Five-day is doing just fine on its own. Uh, as for the whole World Test Championship cycle itself, uh, I know it's been discussed and Kohli himself said in the presentation that uh, Test cricket is the heartbeat of cricket, uh, which I, on the surface is easy to accept, but uh, you don't... I, I don't see this final, for example, changing too much in terms of the health of test cricket, but I suppose that's for another podcast on its own. I, I guess that that's a longer discussion. And if it was a final of, of as big a magnitude, you wouldn't have a T20I starting at the same time that this yeah. ended. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. you just would you, you wouldn't have such a such a scenario coming yeah. uh, between England and, and Sri Lanka. So Varun, let's talk about today then. What happened to India? Are India in fine health in test cricket? I know I'm probably jumping the gun here because India have come of two absolutely amazing series wins. But they started the day-to-day with Pujara and Kohli at the crease. And, and just what what happened there? Or was it just Kyle Jamieson being Kyle Jamieson versus India? Well, it's, it's a mixture of all of it. Uh, as for India's health in Test cricket, I, I sort of agree with Gaurav that they were the best team over the, the cycle of this tournament. But it is concerning that in the last few matches abroad, uh, even though they ended up winning it in Australia and saving that test incredibly, there is there are some questions now that will come of the middle order, or should at least. Uh, it's a middle order that has failed uh, far too often abroad now. Uh, if you take just this test and the tests in Australia, uh, at no point did the middle order look healthy, uh, if that's the word we're using. So... In terms of overall health, it, it is a great team. With that bowling lineup, you don't really need uh, your middle order to be scoring 400, 500 all the time. But then it's quite a while back, I guess, if we if we go really hunting for when India last made 400 or 500 abroad. Uh, so I suppose that's one of the things they'll check out. Of course, at, at home, the batting does better by default. But even against England, it wasn't, you know, all that much of a dominant performance, especially from names like Kohli, Bujara and Rahane. Uh, what happened this morning was completely just relentlessly good test bowling, which is what New Zealand have been doing for two, three, maybe four years now. Uh, a very stable, sorted lineup. Uh, the only sort of questions coming into this game was whether they'll play a spinner. Uh, that That sort of speaks volumes because... They could have come in with four bowlers that they came in with now. They had Henry on the sidelines. It is just a fantastic bowling lineup. And uh, that's what India were up against this morning. They were not allowed to score any runs at all. And I think the occasion also kind of got to them. Uh, Pujara's wicket, you know, he's usually so assured in defense. 
uh, Rahane's was, you know, I, I suppose not really much of his fault, but they were pretty soft dismissals, including Kohli himself. But Jameson has just got the <laughs> just got the stick against him now. Kohli can't really figure him out at the moment. Yeah, yeah. You you make a very very valid point there, and that's a, that's a good segue. I want to bring Gaurav in into this. When I saw those three shots today, Gaurav, and I'm talking specifically about Pujara, Kohli, and and Rahane here. Usually, I mean, th- these guys are play- players of such such high quality. It just left you feeling a bit disappointed this morning. I I don't know. Each shot was worse than the other. The ones that led to their dismissal. I think Rahane's. You can definitely uh, call it a bad shot, but see uh, when um, uh, these kind of conditions, especially in England, uh, uh, where you know you 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 generally a lot of experts have been telling that you're never in. You're always going to get that uh, ball to swing, or there'll be a ball with seams, and you're always going to get that nick. Which, which kind of um, uh, even the numbers tell you the same story. It's very hard to score really big, uh, long uh, uh, innings in England. It's very hard for an opener to survive. Uh, it's also very hard for uh, uh, teams to score 450-500 regularly. So, I, I won't. I'm not saying at least at least Kohli's shot uh, was bad. I think there's a lot of. Uh, uh, technical aspects to this because the bowlers were setting him up. Uh, I think even Southy, the way he set up uh, Gill was an example. Similarly, Jamieson kept bringing the ball in. Kohli would have had his uh, uh, first innings dismissal in his mind and then suddenly uh, uh, the ball moves away and you know, you maybe kind of uh, uh, try to take a single or you wanted to just move off strike. You Even Kane Williamson played a very similar shot in the first innings, if you remember. Slightly white ball, Dhamishan uh, uh, Sharma, and he gave it uh, gave a catch straight to Kohli. So, it's not that straightforward as uh, we think that, hey, he could have easily left that ball. Uh, a lot of uh, uh, players then tend to uh, sometimes uh, take the try to play the ball outside of stump and it uh, gets an edge. So, I, I won't call it great deliveries. Uh, I won't even call it bad shots. I think it's just that uh, certain uh, time, uh, maybe it's just a urgency to maybe score, which could have been avoided. Yeah, and, and you're right about the setup. I think Star Sports put up a montage of Kyle Jamieson's previous deliveries to, to Kohli. Yeah, the, what could have been avoided was uh, down the leg side uh, dismissals. Mm. And also, I think Jadeja's dismissal was pretty crucial. Uh, Rishabh Pant, maybe uh, that's the J- way. Jadeja pl- didn't, didn't look on at all, right, today with the bat? You know, you expect one thing which surprised me, I, 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 I would like to get you, you guys also, your opinion also on this, is the fact that when you prepare for a team again uh, uh, like New Zealand, you know that they have this plan. C, plan D, which is coming, bowling short, keep bowling those short balls uh, from various angles, right? They've been doing this for a couple of years now. Uh, I'm sure teams have prepared for this. I'm sure India would have prepared for this. Uh, but still, somehow, they still seem to be pretty uncomfortable. They don't know what to do. Maybe it's the angle. Maybe it's just really hard to do that. Maybe because you're completely tying away any scoring opportunities. We, sh- we saw Rishabh Pan trying to take Wagner uh, uh, a couple of times. We saw Jareja trying to do it. And finally, Jareja succumbed. So, I felt that was a bit... Uh, that was that partnership was actually building up to be pretty exciting. And uh, that was the turning point. Uh, Jareja's uh, dismissal was pretty key. Uh, and then you know India's tail is literally uh, non-existent. Yeah, it 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 honestly, 
even watching it on tv varun it can be extremely unnerving watching <laughs> neil neil wagner come in his face just scrunches up into this ball of i don't know anger and i'm going to get you out and i may possibly hurt you as well I, I, my suggestion to the batters may be don't don't look at wagner <laughs> it may be you don't have to see when he comes in i think that's the only way it can work if he, i i think i think rishabh pant really enjoyed getting wagner that way <laughs> i think one of the angriest bowlers in cricket and uh, watching rishabh pant play will boil your blood but before we slander the indian tail let's remember that mohammad shami hit the best two back foot shots against wagner or, or Swinging against shot shami <laughs> yeah but uh, just to that point about jadeja uh, if we draw parallel uh, to how india won that gabba test what happened was at one end there was pujara whose job was to take the game deep and uh, pant was doing what he was doing and i think and to get hit hit as well pujara yeah. got hit like 10 times in that innings yeah so literally put himself in the line because india had to play time as well not just the runs then i think it was a similar situation today i mean ideally they'd want pujara to be doing that role and i think that's what he was going to do uh, but when the collapse happened i think jadeja sort of took on that role i actually think he batted pretty well against short pitch bowling today uh he he looked assured in his leaves and he was pretty solid defensively i don't think his job was there uh to go out and make runs uh so uh, i agree with gaurav that was a crucial sort of breakthrough that new zealand got because i think jadeja's sort of role was to take it to the end of t uh, to sort of ensure that india don't lose very similar to what pujara had to do at gaiba so that was a, a turning point and uh on the point of how to face this sort of plan c plan d bowling it seems only pant and uh, ashwin were willing to take on the the short ball uh, but of course we can't really uh, make these sort of comparisons because to be fair none of the indian top order even got to face this kind of bowling but about about pant though let, let's focus a little bit on rishabh pant because i i know when he came out a lot of people tweeted with popcorn emojis saying that this is the cricket you sit down and watch and i agree he puts butts in seats when when he comes out and he bats but i i i thought his innings was pretty strange i mean i thought maybe the the hype behind the innings was a lot more than what what was delivered he did well given the circumstances i'm not saying that and his swings and misses seemed calculated like he only went for balls that were pretty much outside off and he he has no chance of getting there but i this this didn't seem like an innings where that that felt that it deserved as much praise i think that it received received at that point in time well the thing is uh, we've said this again and again and again this happened in england's first test against new zealand a couple of weeks ago where uh, they were criticized for not going for the win uh, in these kind of conditions i don't think many batsmen are going to look convincing uh, until conditions seriously eased out in this last session where uh, williamson and taylor you know batted batted them through to the win in the sunshine uh it's it wasn't a game at all where the batters had any chance uh so in that sense i mean and rishabh pant the way he plays uh, on on the best of his days he doesn't look convincing uh, many times and the fact that we couldn't see the sort of same assured middling you know balls flying over the rope that sort of thing from pant is mostly down to how seriously difficult it was uh, for batters on this pitch and in these conditions in india's second innings uh, kyle jamison finished with two wickets for 30 he got the two most important wickets got of probably pujara and kohli but i thought the most impressive bowler bar jamison of course was tim saudi and saudi is coming off 
a not so great first innings yeah but saudi has been really good over the last couple of years and um, see we also need to understand that new zealand have not played in uh, england for like too often they played last in 2015 it's been 6 years since they played in uh, uh, england which is why i i really think that uh, sometimes the quality of new zealand as a test team is slightly uh, we never get the real picture because uh, they don't play uh, apart we know how well they dominate at home uh, but out, away from home we don't we don't see too much of them they don't have these three test match series this is a, this was a classic three test match series for them in england they they won 2-0 so Uh, Southy and Jamieson and these guys, uh, uh, Wagner, they they have a great. So, so what of... what you're basically saying, Gaurav, is the might of Virat Kohli and Joe Root combined couldn't take down Kane Williamson. Absolutely, and the fact that they're getting an opportunity to uh, showcase their skills. Kane Williamson, his record in England was pretty abysmal uh, coming into this uh, test, and obviously averages is not going to tell you a story. But uh, the, the the two innings he played in the this final was top notch. Such difficult conditions. um uh, we saw how uh, the indian batters uh, struggled but kane williamson was i think very underrated uh, his knock not many will remember this uh, say five years down the line uh, in a match where what still uh, conway was the highest or did uh, uh, kane uh, surpass conway i I, I i think he would have because kane got 49 and 52 not out conway got 54 and he was out for 19 no i mean so, yeah. uh, highest individual score in an innings uh, i think no no that that's still uh, that's still devon conway yeah so in a match where 54 was the highest score uh, and we saw two classics by kane so uh, so actually answering your question i kind of digress there uh, the likes of southie the likes of wagner these guys need more opportunities for us to see uh, them uh, in full tilt right they don't get fighter series in england imagine them playing a fighter series versus england or again australia as well uh, so these conditions were tailor made and uh, they both uh, uh, bowled really well the fact that they can swing it both ways just make them a, a really really um very brutal option for uh, the batters and if southy had uh, the kind of number of test matches like jimmy anderson did uh, i think i'm sure southy would have uh, will also reach uh, uh, landmarks of 500 600 wickets just that they don't play enough we don't we don't celebrate them enough we don't see such performances uh, as regularly uh, as possible uh india were bowled out for 170 that was a pretty disappointing 170 in uh, their second innings leaving new zealand varun with a target of 139 any any doubts there when 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 that was the target no i think and i think for the first time in a long time there weren't really any nerves about whether new zealand could go on and win this title uh it was a very 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 ideal sort of chase to have on this wicket there was enough time to do it i suppose if india had batted maybe through to t a total like this may have been a little more daunting and maybe new zealand would have had uh, two results on their mind or maybe three results on their mind uh, but i think the magnitude of this total uh, and the number of overs left and the sun coming out all of that would have Uh, made them feel pretty assured. Uh, I didn't. I didn't think it would be a challenging total. Basically, you're saying what what happened is here. India fell into the trap of obviously they had to think of time as well as runs on the board. Whereas for New Zealand, the target was clear. Yeah, and I think New Zealand sort of uh, through their own hard work through this test sort of got the edge towards the end because of uh, how clear it was. Because throughout this test, both teams would have had that in the back of their minds. you know whether this is playing for time whether it's playing for runs uh, whether it's worrying about light i think all of that went completely out of the picture today 
so I guess uh, thanks thanks for the reserve day and and I, we we got lucky that uh, there was no sort of uh, intervention from rain or light or such stuff like that. Uh, that clarity that New Zealand got, I don't think any other the I don't think India or New Zealand had that until India got all out. So uh, once once it once it was you know one forty and fifty fifty three odd overs I think it was uh, that was clarity. If if it was one forty and say thirty overs or forty overs, uh, maybe we would have still seen uh, a lot more sort of jumpy, uh, nervous batting, uh, which for a brief period only Ashwin sort of entertained uh, any chance of maybe a collapse. He was so good. He was he, oh, four wickets on a pitch, uh, Varun. That didn't really. I don't think it really offered him anything there. I mean, absolutely outstanding, and the only Indian bowler to take a wicket in New Zealand second innings. Yeah, he's just been sensational, and uh, this this upcoming series against England, uh, I'm really thrilled about it because uh, Ashwin, I suppose, has that one thing to take off at least in public memory that he doesn't do so well when India go abroad, and it's you know the fast bowlers have become so good over the last two three years that so much of the success is rightly attributed to them, but Ashwin has mastered everything. A spinner can do uh, everything a bowler can do at the crease. Everything an off spinner can do with his arms, with his angles. It's just, it's 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 a legend we are watching right now. Uh, and uh, that showed today. He was the only bowler who seemed to have something of a plan. Uh, only bowler capable of troubling New Zealand in that second inning. So yeah, so seriously good stuff. So then, Gaurav, tell me, why did Ravichandran Ashwin only bowl ten overs? Then I, I was a little surprised to see this that even Bumrah, who has not had his best Test match, bowled more than Ashwin in that second innings. Surely there was a case to have him bowl, maybe from one end till till the target was met. Yeah, I think uh, uh, it was more to do with the left hand uh, right hand combination. Even in the last innings, uh, if you noticed, uh, uh, they they bowled Jadeja just before the new ball. If you remember right. For Colin de Grandholm, uh, so I, I just felt that now Kohli is using Ashwin more as a, a, a target for the left-handed batsman. If that was the case, I would have actually bought him in much earlier, uh, maybe to get the wickets of Conway and Latham. But yes, uh, I, in hindsight, when I look at it, uh, and you were right about the fact that uh, Bumrah bowled uh, much more. Uh, Maybe it's uh, due to the uh, lack of faith of uh, against uh, Ashwin against right-handers, and you know you also you want to contain the runs. You don't want to give any kind of boundaries. There was one bad over, I think just one bad over by Ashwin, if I remember right. I don't remember the exact details, but I think there was one over where he conceded a couple of boundaries or some easy boundary. Yeah, that that was I think the over before Ross Taylor hit a couple. Then he came. Ashwin continued his spell, and then he was hit a bit, and that's when you you kind of felt there that India were losing whatever little grip they had on making this a contest. Correct. And uh, uh, remember, there was a very, very close uh, LBW shout against Kane Williamson very early and maybe Ashwin would have run through uh, New Zealand if that was out. That was, uh, those are the small margins uh, because then you had Henry Nichols again, another left-hander. So, uh, maybe they want to use Ashwin more uh, against the left-handers and that was the plan and they didn't want uh, maybe Kohli felt his gut was just big. Uh, look, uh, he's also uh, had a, had, a, had a great start to his test career. So, this was one off test match for Bumrah. So, where, where do we stand on Bumrah, Gaurav? As in, I, I think this was a one-off bad performance. I'm sure he'll come back strongly. Uh, and uh, you have to remember that India are playing after a long time, right? They had a big break in the middle and they, they must be pretty rusty. 
and there's a pie test series against England, the conditions would be slightly better. Uh, and there was a stop start uh, kind of situation this time around. So I'm totally um, uh, okay with what Bumrah did. So, so I'm going to I'm going to take you one month later. Then in the England uh, Test match starts. Maybe there's a case to play four seamers, but if there isn't, we had assumed earlier that if Shami, if Siraj was going to come in, Shami would be the one who misses out. I doubt Shami misses out anymore. And if Ishan's finger is fine, is Bumrah's place now under a bit of threat? I don't think so, Karthik. I think it's uh, that's an overreaction. I think Bumrah will play. You remember Pujara dropped a catch of uh, Ross Taylor of Bumrah's bowling. Uh, we never forget. Uh, we tend to forget these things. So uh, that could have changed the match. That could have got Bumrah back into the contest. And his kind, his kind of bowling, he he will get you wickets. Uh, his uh, basically his style of bowling is not easy for uh, batters to just keep scoring. Uh, like I said, uh, I'm fairly confident that India will uh, start with Bumrah if he's fit, and he will uh, come back strongly. He is an intelligent bowler. And uh, I expect him to do very well against England. At the start of this podcast, Varun, you mentioned the word poetic to see Ross Taylor hit the winning runs. That entire sequence of play, I think it couldn't have been written any better. Kane Williamson and Ross Taylor, New Zealand Test Cricket's top two run scorers currently. I think during this Test match, Williamson went past Fleming as well. Uh, the, The script couldn't have been better from a side to win their first ever world championship. Yeah, absolutely. And that was also reflective in sort of the names that came up after New Zealand won. You know, we heard about Crow, we heard about, you know, McCullum changing the culture altogether. Uh, you know, you think back to times when it was a skinny Daniel Vittori without his beard, just uh, <laughs> holding holding this team together with both ball and bat many times. Uh and of course, the challenges of not being, you know, one of the bigger teams, one of the richer boards, uh, it, it all came together nicely towards the end there. You know, you think of Crow as the, uh, for his innovation that he brought in the 92 World Cup, starting with the spinner. You think of McCullum bringing sort of the gung-ho aggressive cricket to New Zealand. And then it's just sort of fitting that at the end of it all, after all the turmoil, after all the zigzags, you know, it's Kane Williamson with his assured batting. Uh, you know, like Gaurav mentioned, didn't have a great record in England before this. Uh, overcoming that, just being his usual calm self and uh, leading this team. So uh, it was it was just beautiful in the sense that, you know, it's a, it's a team that's had to uh, battle or sort of make do with everything they have. And uh, luckily for them, over the last few years, these wonderful bowlers have emerged. This very stable batting lineup has emerged. Uh, and uh, it'll, it'll be a nice time waking up right now in New Zealand. Yeah, at the post-match presentation, Kane Williamson was asked, is this the most historic moment in New Zealand cricket history? It's hard for me to say. I've only been part of the setup for a short while, but it's very special for me. So I, I don't think it's it's even fair to pose questions that is this number one or number two, but it's an absolutely brilliant moment for New Zealand. One player, though, Gaurav, will be retiring at the end of the World Test Championship final, BJ Watling, and what a way to go. Yeah, and um, just for all our uh, listeners who are interested in stats, 
I was very, very pleasantly surprised when my colleague Sampath said that Watling's go- gone past MS Dhoni in a number of dismissals. Somehow, it just didn't feel that he's had so many dismissals. That's The number of catches, you mean, yeah, right? number oh, of catches, yeah. around 256, I think. 257, uh, if, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, that's the kind of uh, impact uh, Watling has had and he's gone uh, silently under the radar. I knew there was one stat which uh, I used to uh, like about Watling was the combination of uh, between a bowler and a keeper, right? Watling Southie, Watling Bolt, Watling one. <laughs> all all are among the top uh, few uh, 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 field uh, bowler keeper combinations. But uh, man, Watling's been uh, uh, pretty good uh, in terms of for his style of play, which is very very rare these days. Uh, the Pujaras, the Watlings, the guys who are. Uh, Maybe every time you see they're struggling to score runs or they come in and they score runs at very difficult situations. So, uh, uh, hats off to him. Great career. Again, uh, in a country like New Zealand, uh, we see so many uh, changes off late. They've been they've been very good in their picks. They've consistently picked certain players and that shows uh, guys like Watling shine. And he's, uh, he's played some masterful knocks. And uh, most recent knock, which I really enjoyed, was against England at... Uh, I think Mount Manganui, if I remember right, he came and played a rear guard. Uh, yeah. I think double hundred he scored, uh, which was unfortunately not part of the WTC. But uh, uh, he's played some really good back to the wall knocks, and New Zealand will miss him. But they've created a depth now. They have Tom Blundell easily coming in there and uh, replacing Watling, and let's see what he he does. And it's a great way to um, uh, end your uh, test career. I think it was Athers who asked uh, BJ Watling, Varun, uh, that his career is done. Did he ever expect when he started his career to be a World Test Championship winner? And BJ, in his usual deadpan way, said no, because this tournament didn't exist back then. <laughs> yeah, it seems like that was a template. <laughs> it's very similar to what Kane said. <laughs> uh, I've, I've absolutely heard Kane Williamson say that before as well, you know, that... I don't remember which tournament it was, but he said, you know, I don't know. I've never been in this tournament before. But yeah, again, very uh, typical, uh, I suppose, uh, lo-fi response from a New Zealand cricketer. It, you, you would also not imagine that Watling, you know, from sort of the uh, impression you got from him post-match, that this was the same guy who kept for this, uh, kept for, what, two, three hours with a dislocated finger. It, oh, it, yes. it it is just phenomenal. I mean, it, there was there was no need for his batting today. We all know how many times he's bailed New Zealand out. Uh, I, I I remember he batted something like six sixty minutes in one innings. Uh, he wasn't required to do that today. He uh, I don't know if he went past Dhoni today, but I guess that was one mark of his. Uh, he did. He did. Right. He yeah. Did go past. Yeah. Yeah. So if if you remember B J Watling's last day, then he just went past. Another great wicketkeeper. He won a WTC final. But then the sort of thing that defines Watling is his grit and his sort of ability to just keep standing up for New Zealand was uh, keeping with uh, a dislocated finger. And uh, again, it just seems to be a New Zealand thing. If you if you guys will remember Wagner bowling with uh, two fractured toes, you know, with something like 10 painkillers on, on a day. So... And, and like 12 or 13 overs at a stretch then, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I think we have some very, very well-deserved champions at this point. And Watling is certainly one of them. 
and and one thing about uh, watling is when we see experts talk about uh, the fact that a keeper needs to be like the uh, mold of adam gilchrist or the shep pant now is uh, already uh, in the mold of adam gilchrist now uh, suddenly remember there was a narrative that at number 7 you need to uh, uh, kind of be an explosive batter and that's what the new modern wicket keepers are and watling is exactly the opposite of an adam gilchrist you would think right <laughs> you know he might have well contributed to rishabh pant and the rizman saha debate itself because uh, watling brought a quality to wicket keeping that made it mainstream again uh, absolutely and uh, that, that's why so many i guess debates about you know do you pick the better batter or the better keeper and stuff so in his own way he's he's defined uh, test cricket in the last 5 6 years okay so we've had the world test championship final and now it's maybe time we know the player of the match that belonged to Kyle Jamieson so let's let's go from an india point of view who stood out for you gorav we'll start with you from india and maybe a new zealand name or two as well i think you can't think beyond mohammad shami uh, i think he gave india's uh, brightest moments in this uh, uh, in this particular match and i would also want to give a special mention to rohit sharma the fact that it's so hard to be an opener he's getting getting starts and that augurs well for india moving on uh, to the england series uh, he's got starts in australia as well i think it's high time there would be some pressure on him to uh, maybe bat a little more longer in england we he, he got a brilliant century in india against england but as an opener away from home and that to playing for the first time in england i think rohit did a good job with two really good starts but i think they played 20 overs in the first innings and he batted more than 50 balls so that's what you need from an opener the, the next target for rohit would be to bat slightly more longer so rohit and shami for me yeah and rohit will have around prevail will surely if he's fit will have five test matches in england to prove his worth in those conditions varun Yeah absolutely I was going to name Rohit as well uh, Shami and Ashwin from the bowling but mostly uh, how easily Rohit Sharma has transitioned into this role uh, he obviously got I mean some would say an easy start against South Africa at home uh, but he's he's done pretty well uh, as an opener abroad uh, even in Australia you you see his innings and he lasted quite a quite a long time he got those starts that Gaurav mentioned uh you know he's he's getting to like 70 balls 100 balls 70 balls uh did the same in this test as well so uh liking uh, how rohit sharma has shaped uh, remember he displaced mayank agarwal who was the sort of regular the only sort of maybe proper regular opener uh, that india had we've covered the world test championship final but final word from each of you all i want your thoughts on the world test championship as a whole it's seen its its fair share of changes uh mainly due to covid that affected all our our lives as well a gorov does it work as a championship tournament absolutely as a concept it's great uh, it brings in a lot of context to uh, every series um i think we need a separate podcast on what are the changes required for wdc2 for sure but uh, some basic changes are like i would like to see uh, all 12 test playing nations play i would like to see uh, most teams playing um, equal number of matches and uh, i would like to see some incentive for away wins etc so yeah a few uh, the concept as a uh, as a concept it's amazing it's really good I'm very excited and i don't want to see tournaments which are outside of the wtc and 
uh, where teams just play uh, and uh, satisfy some FTP commitment like England, New Zealand did twice over the last two, uh, over the last weekly, if you remember. So those things need to, small changes need to be ironed out. But, but otherwise, as a concept, this is great. I'm sure it's only going to get bigger and better. Yeah, and they have now have jersey numbers in Test cricket. Is there is there a jersey number, Varun, that you would associate with the position like we like we do in football? <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm not able to think of one. I know we know plenty on like number ten, Sachin Tendulkar, seven Dhoni, but that's that's in uh, I that's mean, in the limited overs format. Yeah, I think it's a strictly football thing so far. Uh, I mean, I mean, in my case, growing up, uh, every time I had a chance to do any sort of a jersey, it would always be either nineteen or five for Rahul Dravid. So I don't think uh, aside aside from your individual like people who you really look up to, you don't really do the. Who has nineteen now, Vadan, for the Indian team? I do not remember. I think Pandey Pandey had it for once. Gaurav, have, haven't you learned not to ask Varun any sort of trivia-based questions? Yeah. No, I, I was just thinking if uh, if it was some other cricketer who uh, whom Varun who has it currently resonates with Varun. I'm I'm pretty sure Pandey wore nineteen. I think I'm right about this. Uh, I remember it because Pandey was 69 and then he changed it to 19. Uh, so, so it's a very... Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just a point on uh, the WTC. I think the ICC can say this was a successful project. Uh, it, it certainly drew interest. It certainly built narratives, things like that. Uh, now that this final is over, I think it's got more visibility. Uh, more people will be looking at their teams playing tests and wondering, you know, is this part of the WTC? Which I think has to change. Uh, I agree with Gaurav that you can't have series outside of the WTC uh, cycle. So bring all tests under the WTC and uh, now that the big finals happened and, you know, fans know that there's a maze, that there's a maze and there's like all this glory that follows, uh, it will certainly keep people more invested in test cricket. Uh, more teams... Uh, more games in WTC and uh, yeah, I think I think this first iteration has been uh, a success. I think it's it's worth repeating. World champions, New Zealand. That sounds that sounds pretty sweet. Varun and Gaurav, thank you so much for joining us during the course of the World Test Championship for the final as well and on this last the sixth day. Thank you. Thanks.